We are studying right now the 10th and last chapter of Ilchot Kil'aim. This chapter deals with something that perhaps is most <clears throat> relevant to us today in non-agricultural societies, and this is Sha'atnez, the kind of mixtures of textiles that are forbidden by the Torah. Halakha Aleph. אין אסור בחילאי בגדים אלא סמל ופשטים מלבד שנאמר לו תלבש שעטנז סמל ופשטים יחדיו. First and foremost the ingredients. To be something שעטנז, it needs to be made from wool and linen. Only wool and linen. Wool, by the way, means wool from sheep, not from any other animal. As it says, you may not wear שעטנז סמל ופשטים יחדיו. It needs to be סמל together with פשטים. By the way, let me just advance that within this פסוק we see three elements of this מצווה. Number one, the operative verb is lotilbash, you may not wear. Wearing is what's forbidden, not having, as opposed to lotizrasadecha kilaim, which is about planting. Secondly, shatnest, we're going to explain exactly what that means. And thirdly, what we just explained, which is the two ingredients into bit semer of ishtim. ויש בחלקי הים כמו צמר שגדל על האבנים של ים המלח, תבנדוק את תבנית הזהב ואורך ביותר, וחלך שמו. There is something that grows by the ocean on the stones and and that's something that's called halach it's uh it's that uh hairy thing that you find um on 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 stones by by the beach that's called halach it's very soft if you were to weave it together with the linen it looks like chatnes because it looks like wool from sheep so too, something that's called shiraim, shiraim is some kind of silk together with the halach, also is forbidden because of maritaim, because it looks like ilaim. Halacha bet. Rahel bat ayed. Rahel bat ayed means the, the, the she goat of, uh, born from a goat, so the female goat. Semer shelaha, the wool of a goat, this doesn't have, it doesn't produce but it's forbidden because again it looks like now we're going to deal with the word once the wool and the linen get connected in any way this is how so if you have wool and linen, that terafan, first way of, of, of the first kind of union that you can have between seven of ishtim is terafan, is when they are mixed together. So you take the fibers and you mix the fibers at the fiber stage. And then you take the sha, that's the, the first element of shatnez. Shua, sha, and sha means to take the fibers and to make from those fibers uh, threads, to thread them together. That is called kilaim. Terafan, betavao, tanke, had ve'arag beged, mitrevizem. If then the person takes and mixes them together, makes uh, strings from them, and weaves together a some kind of a garment or textile from this mixture, this is kilaim. So 
So now we are talking about different kinds of unions that are not organically part of the same textile, but rather it's two pieces of textile or two threads that are combined in a non-weaving kind of way. So, for example, you take two pieces of cloth, one is cement, one is pishim, and then you 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 um you sew them together. Even if you sew them with a, th a thread, a, something, a material that's not similar of Pishtim, or that you take threads of Pishtim on the Tzemer, or of Tzemer on the Pishtim, or even tying together a knot, a permanent knot of Pishtim and Tzemer. Even if you put them together in, in some kind of a container, and then you tie that together. All of these examples are kilaim, are shatnez. Vafilu kashar gadil shel tzemer begadil shel fishtan. Afal bishar shua baemsa vechen mekipel begad tzemer fishtan uksharan halelu kilaim. And more extreme cases, even if you have two threads and you connect them by means of something that's not even a thread, for example, a piece of leather, one is of tzemer, one is of fishtim, and you actually want to join them then that will be an example of shatnes too. Also, if you fold textiles, one of tzemen and one of pishtim, and then you tie them on one another, that's also kilayim. Sheneemar tzemen of pishtim yachdav mikol makom kevashayit ahad neesar. The Torah says putting wool and linen together, which means that so long as they're combined in any way, this combination is asur. How do we know that all of those things, they sound pretty extreme? How do we know that this disqualify as Isurim in Because the Torah, the Pasuk, it found it necessary to permit you to do Tzitzit of Tzemer Ufishtim together. In other words, if you have a Beget Tzemer and you want to put Tzitzit of Pishtim, you're allowed to. And how do we know that? Because the Pesukim are nearby one another. In other words, if it wasn't because the Torah combined this Pesukim to teach us this, we wouldn't know. It would be forbidden in the Torah. And given that Tzitzit is simply tying some strings together against the cloth, not even weaving them or, or combining them in any more permanent way, that would have been forbidden. And the Torah wouldn't have gone as far as carving out something, namely the tzitzit from Shatnez, if this was only forbidden in the Rabbanan. Kilaim has no it cannot be discounted in any ratio whatsoever. Even one single thread of tzemer in a large garment of pishtim, or vice versa, is asur. Now, we have a combination. We have a mixture of uh, sheep's wool together with camel's hair or camel's wool. And this combination we use now to combine with linen. 
אם היה, בטבע מהנטבי, אם היה חסי מן הרחלים הרי הכל כצמר, אם half or more is from the sheep, then everything is wool. וערעו כלאיים עם הפשטן, and this becomes כלאיים when combined with linen. ואם היה הרוב מן הגמלים, however, if less than half, namely, if more than half was from the camel, מותר לערבו עם הפשטן, מפני שצורת הכל צורת צמן גמלים, given that now this is the majority camel, it's permissible to, to, to now combine this with linen, because the צמן רחלים was בטל ברוב. ואין חוששים לנימות של הצמר המעורבים בהם, ולא שאין חוטא צמר. And we don't need to be concerned that perhaps the materials were not mixed sufficiently and there is going to be some areas with a higher concentration of wool rather than camel, because all we are concerned about, as you saw before, is it needs to be actual threads. If they are not threads to begin with, then there is no shotness. And this higher concentration would not constitute a thread that could make shotness. הלכה ז', לפיכך, עורות הכבשים שעושים מהם בגדים, אף על פי שתופרים אותם בפשטם, מותרים. Therefore, the leather, the actual skin, ship skin, from which uh, garments are made, even if they are tied with linen or combined with linen, then you might think that some threads of wool maybe are left together with the ship skin. This is מותר, we don't have to, to, to suspect this because אף על פי שנכרחו בכלל חוטי הפשטן שתפרו בו, because even if indeed there had been some shreds of wool left in that leather, in that sheepskin, this is a minority and it's בטל ברוב, שהרי בטלו במיעוטן. הלכה ח' now the other side of this equation, what about the linen side? וכן הקינבס והפשטן שתרפן זה בזה, likewise קינבס, which some people say is cannabis, and the pishtan and linen that were combined together. In Rav Minakin Bes, if the majority is from the linen, from the non-linen, then this can be combined with wool. However, if half and half or a majority was linen, it becomes a sur. Let's say you have a garment, a textile, that it's fully made of camel hair or, or rabbit's hair or kinbes, but then you use this, this textile now to combine on each end of it linen and wool. And on one end, you start combining some threads of wool. And linen on the other side. This becomes asur because of kilain. מותר לפרוף אותו בחוט פשטן וקושר אבל לא יתפור. A garment of wool that tore apart, so you have a tear in the garment. What they used to do with tears back in the day is they would make this makeshift kind of button. So they'd put, so take both sides of the tear, you put this edge of the textile on top of the other edge, now they are laying one on top of the other, then you put a stone or something else of a little bit of a shape on one side, and then you tie that entire combination on top of the textile with some thread, 
to hold it together, so, sort of like a bottom. So that thread that's used to tie this, this may be of the material that against the material of which a garment is made, so linen against wool or wool against linen, because this is very temporary, it's transient, and that's why it's permitted to do so. But one may not uh, sew them together with this thread because that's more permanent. A person is allowed to wear one garment of wool and one garment of of pishtim of uh, of linen, and he may put a a belt on on top of it from outside. So long as he's not mixing any of the garments together. The kil'aim of clothing, the sha'atnez, it's permissible to make. You're allowed to combine purposely linen and wool. It's also permitted to sell them. The only thing that's forbidden is to actually wear them. As we pointed out before, Haramam is making this point very explicitly. The Pasuk says, Operative word is here, do not wear shatnes, not do not make shatnes. And likewise, in, in Vayikra, when this misva is first brought, is you may not bring upon you, on you, a clothing that's made of shatnes. However, if, for instance, a tent is made of kilaim, one may sit inside it. So too, from the Torah, there is no problem sitting on top of all kinds of, of carpets and of sheets, of um, covers, because it says you may not wear them, but you may lie them under you and then sit on them. However, you'd bet, if you have 10 sheets and the bottomest one is kilaim, the top nine are not kilaim, you're forbidden to sit on that, on that uh, combination, on that arrangement. Asul Sheva Laalion is forbidden to sit even on top of the top one, because the concern Hachamim expressed is that perhaps from the bottomest one, some shred of that sheet is going to come and surround your skin, which is the Levisha that's forbidden. All of this, the Fahamim forbade, is when the, 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 the texture, the flexibility, the consistency of this Matzaim was a, a, a soft one that is capable of coming and wrapping someone's uh, flesh. However, if they are not capable of that flexibility, if they are hard, things like tarp, that's very hard, then that's fine and the gazira doesn't apply. So long as he's not, in fact, touching the one that's shotness. <laughs> the 
So to a curtain that's kilayim, if it's very flexible and malleable, then and soft, then it's forbidden to have it. Because the shamash, the person who cleans it, can reach near it, and then it's going to just like when children play hide and seek around uh, the curtains of the house. So too, you can imagine the same can happen with an adult that's cleaning it, and if it's shatnes, in that process is wearing it. If it doesn't have the flexibility to wrap itself around someone's flesh when they are standing next to it, then it's mutar. A, a some kind of a minal of uh, a shoe, but it's not a shoe. It's something that you wear on your feet. Anything that you might wear on your feet. Um, if it's not, if it's um, so footwear. That ma- that's made of kilayim, and it doesn't have a heel. In other words, the only thing that's going to to to, to be covered is the front of the foot. This is not called the visha mutar lofsho, sheol haregel kashehu veinon hene kishar or aguf, because the the bottom of your foot, unlike the heel, if that's where the shatnez is, then this is not going to 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 derive any pleasure of wearing it because it's a very rough and insensitive part of the body and and therefore it's not like the rest of the body and Levisha doesn't apply there. It, and uh, just to, to to imagine what we are talking about you have to picture to yourself Havayanas. Uh, weavers, people who make a living out of making textile, putting textile together. So obviously they have to hold that entire fabric while they're making it. Are they allowed to do so if they are in contact with shotness? Yes. So long as they are not intending to something which is likely, if it's winter, to use what they are working on to, to, to warm themselves up, or if it's summer, to use what they are working on to protect themselves from, from the sun. And those who really are concerned about keeping the mitzvot, they can weave on the ground to avoid sitting on a fabric that, that's of shotness. So to people who are selling retailers of, of garments, they are not wearing it, of course, but if they have something that's shotness, one way of selling it is by placing all the merchandise you have on your shoulder. So, so long as you're not intending to wear it, like for example, to become warmer in the winter, protect yourself from the sun in the summer, then you're okay. But again, if you're tsanua, then you'll just place your, mer- your merchandise on some kind of a pole as opposed to on your own body. Halachayudzain. <laughs> A person may not use something of kilaim in order to hold some kind of object, like for example an egg, because then he'd be deriving this benefit from the kilaim if it's in the summer from the sun, and if it's in the winter from the rain.
In other words, wearing one of the aspects of wearing is protecting your protecting yourself from temperatures that are either cold or hot. Like for example, when you want to hold a hot egg. So if you're using it as a glove, you're wearing it. But by the way, I just want to point out the lo ikah and lo yilbash, this language of law as opposed to hayav uh, or loke, this implies is mitarabanan. Lo yilbash adam kilayim aray, vafilo lgabe asara bekadim sheino mehanehu kelum, vafilo liglobit amesech vimlavash ken loke. A person may not wear in a temporary way kilayim, uh, even on top of many other layers of clothes that he's not feeling anything, or even to, to try to escape the customs, so to, to, to smuggle this clothing into the country, um, because you're by wearing it, you would pay taxes on it. Um, all of those things, it's not meant to derive benefit from wearing it. However, nevertheless, it's asur, and not only is it asur, unlike the la salacha in here, this is loke, this is minatora. The only things that are forbidden to wear because of kilaim are clothing that are meant to help insulate the person and preserve one's heat. In other words, what we'd say colloquially to keep, keep warm. And Rabam gives a few examples, uh, pants and, and uh, hats and tops, shirts, and so on and so forth. אבל צלצולים קטנים שעושים אותם העם בבית יד שלהם לסור בהם את המעות ולסור בהם את הבלים. However, uh, garments, the sole purpose of which is storage, so they used to have these pockets that used to hang from themselves. וסמרטות שמניחין עליו רתיה ומלוגמה וספילנית, or some kind of a cloth that's used for medicinal purposes, וכיוצא בהן, and of that sort, bandages for medicinal purposes, and so on and so forth. This is mutar, is not called lilbosh. Even if this is directly on one's flesh. Because there is no aspect here of trying to keep warm, which is the definition of lilbosh. Um, I don't know exactly how this worked, but they used to have, sometimes if they had uh, an area with lots of mosquitoes or flies, they used to wear some kind of a, of, of a, of a tiara on, on their head, on, on their forehead, and from that tiara, which wasn't made of kilayim, it was normally made of leather or something like that, they'd hang threads. And I guess the idea is that if flies are coming, you can shake your head and those threads are going to shake and, and move and remove the flies or scare the flies away. So those threads may be kilayim, because again, it's not worn for haimum. Uh, <coughs> המנהיג בהמות הוא מכניס חבלים לתוך ידו, מהם פשטים ומהם צמר, הרי זה מותר, ואף על פי שכורחן על ידו. 
a, a person whose job is to lead animals. And to do so, he's, he has to hold several leashes, ropes in his hand, some of which are made of linen, some of which are made of wool. This is permissible, even though they are being combined and he's putting them around his hand. However, the moment that he's not just holding them, but he ties them together, this becomes kilaim. And then if he may, if he tie them, he combine them together, then he can no longer even wrap them around his hand. So the knot is not necessarily around his hand. The knot is elsewhere. But that knot made each and every one of them kilaim, uh, and therefore he cannot wrap them around his hand. And by the way, in, in Kaf Aleph, so the rationale is not that this is not Levisha, this is Levisha, to wrap ropes around. The rationale is that it's not Shatnez, it's not Shua. There is no combination of these ropes until the person goes and makes that knot that ties them together. Wipes that are used for sanitary purposes for the hands. They used to not have Purell back in the day, but they used to have uh, clothes to, to clean their hands. Uh, so to uh, all kinds of towels used for uh, drying dishes. So to the, the, the clothes that are used to, to hold the Sefer Torah, as you know, you may not hold the Sefer Torah directly. So too, what the barbers use in the barbershop. All of those, if they are shatnes, they are asurim to have because of kilaim. Because although they are really um, appended to and an, an accessory to an, an object, the way that you handle them, the way that you use them is some sort of levisha. And as you handle them, as you are um, uh, using them in the function that they have, they are bound to wrap themselves around your hands in a way that's levisha. Halakha kaf gimal ototcho sinat kofsim vagardiin babagadim kedashayye kol echad makiret shelo. All kinds of signs, uh, letters uh, that uh, you can. Uh, uh, saw into a um, it's, it's like embroidery embroidery that you have on to, to to signify or to signal someone's ownership of something if if this embroidery is of linen on top of a garment of wool or vice versa this is asur even if this is not something that you care about but still, this is a sur. As we said before, one single thread is enough for a very large garment. A garment of linen that is combined with a garment of wool with, uh, with one single, with one single side of of the of the um of the point so you, you're so you started sewing it but you you didn't go all the way around you only did this loop the first loop 
but it's only half a loop. So if you were to lift one of the garments, the other one would fall. This is not Hibur, this is not considered a junction, and therefore it's not Kilaim. <coughs> However, the moment that uh, you combine both ends of this half loop, so you close the loop, or you make a second half loop, which creates, uh, as a consequence, an entire loop, this becomes kilaim. It's permissible to use kilaim to make uh, uh, clothes for um, what what's the word for it for what the dead um, what you use for for the dead so wrappings for for a dead body because the the metim don't have an obligation to refrain from wearing kilaim. So too, you may you may use it to make clothing for an animal like like a donkey, even if you're going to then sit on it. This is presuming that you are not with your flesh directly touching that uh, monster of, of the donkey. However, if you make a mardad for the hamor from kilaim from shatnez, you may not ever hold it directly on your shoulder, even if you're taking together with it uh, the the excrements of the donkey and you're trying to clean it in that process. So obviously you're not trying to wear it, but nevertheless it's forbidden. Now, a, a follow-up halacha, the dead body and the animal that are wearing kilaim, a person may carry them, in turn, on their own shoulders. Let's say that inadvertently I created a cloth, a garment with kilaim. So I, 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 uh, I know for a fact, this is important, I know for a fact this has kilaim. I use one thread of linen in my clothing of wool and now I cannot find it or vice versa. So I, I'll be tempted to at least sell it to a goy because kilaim is not a surbehana'a. However, Chachamim forbade that because the concern is that the goy may then turn and sell it to a Jew. So too, a person should not make this into a, a, a um, the thing that the, that the donkey wears, because if you make this into a mardad for the donkey, uh, and and it's not noticeable that this has kilaim, someone can. Uh, repurpose it for clothing, given that they cannot see that the kilaim is, is visible. One thing that's very clear from this alachot is that kilaim is something that you, you should be able to see, to identify at plain sight. So that, that's kind of a, a curious fact. So, so what do you do? You lost a thread in an entire 
suit, let's say, you want to use this suit, are you going to ask to throw it away? Of course not. We don't throw away things. That's Baltashrit, is Avera. So what do you do? So oh, just paint it in a different, dye it in a different color. Because you'll see that the, the wool and the linen, they will not absorb the color in the same way. And that, that's how you'll, you'll identify, you'll be able to find the lost thread. You'll find it, you'll remove it. And if you cannot identify it, listen to this, then the whole garment is permissible. Even though you knew for a fact that at some point it had shatnez, now you cannot find it, this is permissible. Because you can still have the possibility of the thread having disappeared by other means. Perhaps it, it just fell off. And why is that? Because we explain in Chot every Isur of the Torah that is not for sure, but it's factually doubtful. We don't know if it is or if it isn't. Then Minha Torah, it's not forbidden. It's only forbidden. That's why Chachamim did not feel the need to be too stringent in making you throw an entire suit because of something that maybe is there, maybe is not. When a person buys wool garments from the Goyim, he should check them uh, very well because maybe they are sewn together with linen. Now, a couple of words about checking for shatnez. Um, I've personally gone back and forth on this, uh, and I'll tell you my thoughts on this. Um, first of all, this is a question for industry experts. I don't know if things are known to have, in fact, shatnez, don't have, in fact, shatnez. Um, I've spoken to people in the industry and that, that are not in the shatnez business, and they doubted very much that any garment would use linen and not advertise it. First of all, because the, the United States has very strict rules about um, showing what kind of textile is being used to very small percentages. And secondly, because linen is much more expensive than any synthetic fiber, and there is no point in trying to hide linen. Linen is something that's very, it's relatively expensive. So if you are someone who um, who has a, who, who, uh, who has a brand name suit that you want to sell, putting linen as one of the ingredients is very convenient to you. So it wouldn't make sense to hide it. Uh, that's number one. Number two, put things in perspective. If you don't know for a fact that something has shotness, it's a fake. And then at most, it's midrabanan. Number three, from this halakha, you see that the kind of bedika that Harambam is mentioning here is the kind of bedika they had available to them back in the day. It's not about a microscope, microscope and or taking a thread and burning it and seeing the spectrum of, of how it burns and what color it is, but rather it's visually inspecting it and checking and seeing if any of the threads that you see is shotness or not. And as we saw in the last halakha, this is not, our responsibility is not to be 100% sure 
even if we know that something had shatnes and we went through a step, a reasonable step, trying to find it, and we didn't find it, we are entitled to assume the shatnes is no longer there, and that's preferable over throwing out a garment, how much more so a suit that's co- that costs several hundreds or perhaps thousands of dollars. So I'm not saying what anyone should do, but this is at least, from Harambam's perspective, it's, it's at least something to, to put things in perspective and understand uh, the seriousness or not of this entire thing. Um, and, and again, if you don't know that something has shatnez, and there is no reason to suspect that something has shatnez, you're perfectly fine uh, relying or, or assuming that it doesn't have shatnez, except for this particular uh, commandment that Chavim say that if you buy something of wool, particularly of wood, of wool, you should check it that it doesn't have linen. They didn't say how, but obviously they weren't talking about microscopes or, or spectrum through burning threads. If you see that your friend is wearing something that uh, I presume inadvertently, they don't know, but you know it has kilaim and you are sure this has kilaim mina Torah, then you have the responsibility to you have the responsibility to remove it from them and tear it apart from them, even if it's your rabbi that you're going to embarrass him in public for doing that, um, their kavod here is second to your responsibility to help them avoid wearing kilaim. Because uh, a person's dignity is not enough to uh, override a, a felony that's expressly in the Torah. And why then do we take dignity into account in Hashavat Avedas? We're going to sing as the Lava Aveda Yud Aleph Yud Gimal. And the, the, the case there is that if someone is a Tamid Hacham, he should not do Hashavat Aveda. Because there, although also we are dealing with a felony, that's a, a kind of prohibition that is tied to monetary matters, which is a different category. And why do we have another case in Tumatmet where also the, the dignity of a person is enough to override a, a, a lotase? <clears throat> because the, the the Torah, the Pasuk, made an exception for um, for or, or called out exp- expressly one's sister. So the, the dignity there is of the Met Mitzvah, and Hachamim ruled that a Kohen Gadol should, or a Kohen should uh, become Tameh in order to bury a Met Mitzvah. 
The answer is, Achamim there explicitly learned that the Torah specified that a person should, the Kohen should not become Tameh for his sister. But for his sister, he should not become Tameh, but he should become Tameh for him at Mitzvah. However, something that is a Rabbanan, Halamam is giving now a, a rule. This is something that should be overridden by considerations of human dignity. Even though every Misvamid Rabbanan ultimately is a Misvamid Oraita of Lotasur, human dignity is enough for uh, overriding uh, for overriding this uh, this one particular love therefore following this principle if what the person was wearing is shatnez midivrehem only midrabanan or, for example, something that is safek shatnez, which is midarabanan, then uh, you shouldn't remove it in the middle of the street, not from yourself, not from somebody else, but rather you should wait until you get home. The punishment for kilayim is malkut. If a person is wearing kilayim all day long, he only violated one if he removes his head from the clothing and puts it back again, and so forth and so forth, one more time, one more time. Even if he didn't remove the entire garment, but just his head in and out, in and out, in and out. Every time he does that, he becomes liable for, for wearing kilayim. When are we saying that wearing a garment of kilayim and keeping it all day is only one malkut, one set of malkut, when it was accompanied by one warning only? However, if he's constantly being warned and the two witnesses come and tell this guy, uh, Mister, you have kilayim, remove it. And he doesn't listen to them. And then they say again. And by the way, they have to say also what punishment he's going to get. And he has to say, no, and I still want to do it. And I, I know what you're telling me. I understand. But I decide I, I'd rather keep wearing this. So every moment that passes, that's enough time for him to remove it and put it back, coupled with the warning, that is a separate Malkut. This is a weird halacha because we said the mitzvah lota says about wearing kilaim. However, if I dress my friend kilaim, if the person wearing it, if my friend knows that this is kilaim, then my, my friend the one who is wearing it is the one who is going to receive Malkut. And my Avera is merely, not merely, but is rather, not to, 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 to uh, 
put an obstacle in front of a blind person, in other words, not to cause another person to violate a commandment. However, if my friend doesn't know that this is Kil'aim and I know that this is Kil'aim, then although I'm not wearing it, I'm the one who is going to receive Malkut and he's going to be Patur, which is a weird result, but Hachamim decided that way. Halakha lamet bet las halakha kohanim shelavshu bigde kehuna shelo bishat avoda afilu bamikdash lokin mipene ha'avnet shahu kil'aim kohanim who are dressed in their priestly garments not during times uh, on which in, in which they, they are supposed to wear those garments they are not doing avoda during that time then they are hayavim mishum kil'aim because the avnet that they have is kilaim. And the only time at which they were permitted to wear the avnet is while they are in service. And the reason for them being allowed is because the avodah of Beta Mikdash is a mitzvah aseh that overrides the lot aseh of shatnes, just like the tzitzit overrides the mitzvah of lot aseh, as we saw in, in Ilchot Tzitzit in Sefer Ahava. And with that, we finished the 10th chapter of Ilchot Kilaim and also um, the whole treatise of Kilaim. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen ve'amen.